Hey everyone, I'm Phil Smith, aka Phil the Filipino. I'm your co-host, Mr. Eric Almighty. Uh, this week we have no what did I miss? We take out back and shoot in the head like old goat. Today we talk about number one a movie ever made, Yawa Wiwa. Wow, while I'm not as naturally gifted with the ability to pull off a Borat accent, we both are going to give our spoiler-free thoughts before jumping into a full discussion on Borat, subsequent movie film. This is the Wait For It Podcast. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Wait For It Podcast and a very special episode here this Monday. And Eric, how nice of Sasha Baron Cohen to stop by our studio and do that intro for us. Yeah, it was definitely something. Uh, We were not expecting a second Borat film, and we were not expecting him to show up on the podcast. So a lot of things happening that uh, I wasn't really prepared for, to be honest. That is correct, Eric. We didn't really know that this movie was on its way until over the last few months, we started hearing murmurings that it was being filmed in secrecy. And lo and behold, here it is on Amazon Prime. So Eric, for those of the audience that have never heard one of our movie reviews, why don't you go ahead and give them a little breakdown of how this is going to work? Of course. So as you heard at the top, we're going to be going over our spoiler free thoughts. What does that mean? Well, we're going to start off with, of course, our likes and our dislikes of the film before we jump into our scores and final thoughts of how we thought the movie went. And then we're going to jump into just a very brief spoiler discussion. So that way you get a lot of the content right at the beginning. But if you've actually seen the film, we have a little bit extra for you at the end. Me and Phil have not talked about the movie since we saw it. We both checked it out the same day. So we're really excited to get into this. Absolutely, guys. So to give you a little bit of a breakdown, of course, Borat subsequent movie film is the sequel to 2006's Borat Cultural Learnings of America for Make Benefit Glorious Nation of Kazakhstan when we were originally introduced to this character by Sasha Baron Cohen. Eric, I know you went back and watched the original a couple of days ago. How was that experience, you know, 14 years later? Honestly, I never thought um, I would see that movie again. And for some reason, I was like, you know, I think if I'm going to do the review, I feel like I should be pretty fresh on what uh, Borat's going to be like. And there were a lot of things that I didn't remember. But when I saw it, I was like, oh, man, I really wish I never saw that again. Uh, Specifically, a lot of things involving penises, which, um, you know, was a little less this time around. And I appreciated that, but still still a couple more penises than I was uh, prepared to see. Well, I mean, there's never going to be as many penises as we were unprepared to see as if, uh, when we saw Bruno. So at least it wasn't as bad as that. No, it was not. And I will say, without giving too, too much away, I definitely think that this movie makes up for the punishment that we went through to see that movie at midnight, mind you. Uh, again, really bad decision making. And uh, I think Phil led that one. So that really explains all that it needs to explain. For those of you who are wondering why, like, Eric can be so verbally abusive towards me, it's because he pretty much did whatever I told him to do back in high school. So I think I'm paying I'm paying back for that or he's paying me back for that essentially tenfold. All I remember was a penis windmilling me like in the movie. It was just like a penis. It was just a windmill of penises. And uh, we've talked about penises a lot uh, already. So why don't we jump into the actual film? Yeah, I think we've said penis more than we we normally do which is kind of strange but anyway as far as this film it does pick up after uh, 14 years after the original essentially what has happened is Borat has 
humiliated his country of Kazakhstan and he's been in jail for the last 14 years. And then he is uh, eventually released by the current prime minister of Kazakhstan in order to send a gift to the United States for Vice President Mike Pence. And then hilarity ensues. Uh, So Eric, like you said, we both watched this film earlier today. Let's start with the likes. What stood out for you as far as the sequel goes that, again, we were totally not expecting? Yeah, so one thing I actually really liked was that they pretty much went ahead and stuck with the movie uh, centering around Borat and his daughter, uh, Tutar. And I thought that that was really good as far as what the payoff was going to be towards the middle, towards the you know third act of the movie, which is their relationship. I thought that this movie had a lot more substance than the first one did. I completely forget, and this is why I wanted to watch the movie, but I completely forget that the first movie is literally him traveling across the U.S., to marry Pamela Anderson. Totally forgot that plot point. I honestly did not know. Like it starts off him needing to go to the US to then find information and bring it back to his country. I forgot it took that turn to be completely honest. So this felt like more of a real film and I uh, appreciated that. Yeah, that's definitely one of my takeaways as well. While I don't think it hit as many of the highs in terms of the comedy, and maybe that's really just kind of a signature of the times that we're living in, it did actually have a much more cohesive plot than the original, because yeah, like you said, the Pamela Anderson thing is just so wild. Now, of course, you get that like genuine reaction from her at the end of the film, which is great, but this one is a lot more grounded in reality. Of course, they go out of their way right from the get-go to kind of deal with Borat's success right from the first film because obviously he's Sasha Baron Cohen's not going to be able to walk around in most places and people just kind of ignore who he is. Borat was a cultural phenomenon and it kind of still is to this day so I really like that they were able to address that in a way that made sense and it wasn't too silly which is kind of funny to say in a movie like this but he they did a good job explaining that away I felt. Yeah you know we're talking about Sasha a lot but as far as Maria Baklova who plays Tutar, the daughter, I thought she did really, really well. I had heard a lot of hype in regards to her performance before the movie even came out. And I could see why. I mean, she was really fun. She was sweet. Um, She honestly, I was really, I don't want to say blown away, but I was very impressed with her performance. Right. A relative unknown. She is from Bulgaria, I believe. And actually, yeah, once we get to our final thoughts here, Eric, on the uh, on the movie, I have an interesting uh, fact about her. But she did great. I really liked how they uh, they pretty much shared e- almost equal screen time. Now, there is a part where it's more Borat centric, maybe the, the final leg of the film. But she was a great character. They actually get kind of have a little bit. There's actually some heartfelt moments in this as well, Eric, which I didn't really expect. Yeah, and I think one of the things that this movie tries to do, too, is it does try to do a lot of things that are relevant to the times. And I thought that the movie did a pretty good job. Um, I'm going to talk about that in dislikes a little bit more. Not that it was a bad thing, but the when it does do it, the movie really does jump into like relevancy. And I think when it does that, it's actually pretty strong as far as like the comedy bits. It's definitely still uncomfortable in moments, but... I think it was less uncomfortable than the first one. So I kind of appreciated that because, again, watching the first one, there are some like really big moments that like make you gasp like, wow, what the hell am I watching right now? I didn't feel that as much with the second one. And I actually appreciated that a little bit more, especially just, again, with the times we're in. 
No, I totally agree with you there. The original film, and again, I think it was really just a product of its time. We weren't really used to seeing some of the things that were being brought to light, whereas opposed to now, they're kind of front and center because of where social media is and, you know, the news cycle and all of that stuff. You know, and we don't want to mislead anybody. This is definitely... Uh, in terms of this film, it is a political film. It is meant to shed light on everything that's going on in this country right now. And that's going to turn a lot of people away. But I mean, if that's <laughs> if that's how you feel, then honestly, the film's not for you. But let's move into some opportunities here, Eric. Uh, I know you said you had something that you wanted to point out. So I'm interested to hear what it is. Yeah. So on the point of relevancy, I think when it does it, it's very strong. But like the first one, I feel like they could have done a lot more to be relevant. Like there were you know, some gags and different things that they did, but I would say without getting into spoilers at the moment, we'll talk about this at the end for anyone who's seen the film, but I would say that there's something that happens at the end of the movie, like in the final 15 minutes of the movie, that I thought they could have done a little earlier, given the state that we're in. And again, without going into too many spoilers, the film was mainly made pre-pandemic, but there are aspects of the pandemic in it so again around that like march time frame where everything happens you know the film was still being made and i think they could have played on that a lot more because what they did fit in there was really funny and i think that that was something that would have made it a little bit more relevant just to what we're doing dealing with now um, maybe it was just bad timing in regards to some of the things that they initially wanted to do and then everything that happened since but that kind of stood out to me. I thought it was funnier when it was relevant. And when it wasn't, again, sometimes the, the jokes didn't quite land. And I think that's just due to the type of comedy it is. Yeah, to that, I would say they were most likely limited in what they were able to do, because who knows what kind of ideas just kind of fell to the cutting room floor, because we learned throughout this film, like there is a, a long play that is at work here in terms of this film. And uh, a lot of it has to do with those the final 15 minutes that you're uh, that you're referring to, Eric, which again, we'll get to here in just a moment. Uh, one of the things that I found kind of interesting is you know, the, the runtime is only about, I believe, an hour and 36 minutes. Uh, but there seemed to be a few scenes that were shown in the trailer that were completely missing from the film that I absolutely wanted to see. One that stuck out was the uh, the scene where he's at the driving range at the golf range. And I thought that looked really funny. I didn't see that in the film. And there were a couple of other pieces from the trailer that I didn't see as well. So I'm trying to I'm, you know, kind of wondering with a movie that had a pretty relatively short runtime given you know other films these days i found it kind of strange that some of those scenes were absent yeah i can definitely understand that apparently there was a deleted scene that's been announced that um i think they may have shown on twitter i didn't really get to see it but it's of them actually going into the white house which uh, was kind of funny i felt like that would have been again relevant for the film if you're going to talk politics and things like that it just like wasn't a lot of those moments that you know, just kind of made it like either a political movie. I didn't really know. They were telling a story, obviously, with Borat and his daughter at the center of it. And then obviously what the end game is to what they actually ended up doing. You know, at first it's Mike Pence, then it's Rudy Giuliani, which by, by this point you've probably heard on the news what's going on there because of course you are. But it, I don't know. It just really didn't hit me the way that I thought it was going to, but I, but when they did do certain things, I thought it was just really, really well done. Again, more for the spoiler part without getting too, too much into it. I, I think it's definitely worth a watch. Yeah, other than that, really, Eric, um, 
wasn't really too much else that I had an issue with. I really enjoyed myself, and I think that'll be relevant when both of us give our final thoughts. So was there anything else that you wanted to mention before getting into our grades for the film? No, Phil, I don't think I have any other dislikes without getting into too many nitpicky scenarios. So I think uh, our final thoughts are really going to kind of give our feelings on the film. I think it's going to be a good setup here. Well, we're going to go ahead and get into our final grades of the film. But very quickly, we want to tell you about number one app, Instacart. Wow. Thanks again, Borat. You know, with everything going on right now, the way people are shopping for their daily needs is drastically changing, which is why we're excited to tell you guys about Instacart. Eric and I have both taken advantage of Instacart during the lockdown, and we've been extremely happy with how easy it is to use. As a matter of fact, Eric, I don't know why I was ever given the responsibility of shopping for my own groceries to begin with. But it's definitely not a mistake to use Instacart. You can get the products you love from your local stores. You can even shop among your favorites on a single order. They deliver to your door as quickly as an hour, highlight deals to help you save money. They pick the freshest produce and they keep your eggs safe too. Instacart makes it incredibly easy for their shoppers to handpick what you want based on your preferences. You can find everything you usually buy as well as get smart suggestions for new items. So follow the link in the show notes. It lets Instacart know that we sent you, gets you free delivery on your first order over $35. And of course, most importantly, it helps support our show. All right, folks. Well, let's get into our final thoughts here before we move on to just a few spoilers that Eric and I want to discuss. I'll go ahead and go first here, Eric. So I think one of my favorite things about Borat's subsequent movie film is just like us, its creator, Sasha Baron Cohen, has grown up as well. It's been 14 years since we were first introduced to this journalist from Kazakhstan. And unfortunately, while we now live in a reality where the closet racism and problematic things that were exposed in the original film are essentially front and center almost every single day because of social media, it doesn't mean that Borat's sequel doesn't have its own shocking moments. I actually love that Borat shares almost equal screen time with his daughter Tutar, which of course we've talked about, played by Bulgarian actress Maria Bakalova. In a recent interview with Good Morning America, Eric Cohen actually revealed that Maria was still managing to pull off this character in a full tour of the White House that was held just days before the now infamous super spreader event held at the Rose Garden. Sasha Baron Cohen is managing to keep alive a genre of comedy that's very difficult to pull off in 2020, so the fact that he was able to do this film in almost complete secrecy is an accomplishment in and of itself. The sequel isn't as funny as the original, but it does have a more clear and concise story that actually manages to fit in some feel-good moments amidst all of the chaos. So I can't give Borat's subsequent movie film any lower than a 9 out of 10, and I definitely think it's worth your time. 9 out of 10, well, that is lofty. I think our spoiler discussion is going to be pretty interesting because for me, Borat is a concept that should be very outdated and it should have never warranted even considering a sequel. But in its funniest moments, it turns out that the subsequent movie film is actually pretty relevant if it wants to be. Like the first one, it doesn't really leave you with a desire to ever want to see it again, but it does leave an impact on you. Whether it's the comedy bits, the uncomfortable moments, or the confusion on what is staged and what is reality, there's no doubt that this is a movie worth watching to form your own opinion on. For that reason, I'm going to give it an 8 out of 10. I think it was really, really funny. And while I do think that it could have been more than what it was, I was happy I got to see it. Well, there you have it, guys. 9 out of 10 for me, 8 out of 10 for Eric. Honestly, Eric, I think it's just kind of refreshing that we both didn't land on the same number for once. (laughs) Once I heard the 9, I pretty much let out a sigh of relief, uh, just like when we left the movie theaters after seeing Bruno. 
Ah, uh, yes, that is correct. I believe that is still... No, we watched that thing all the way to the end, didn't we? Other people left that were much smarter than us. Once again, windmill penis is when I wanted to leave, but you were like, no, it'll get better. And literally, once I left, I was like, I can breathe again. Here's fresh air, and I never have to see that movie. You know, Bruno came up on my recommended after the after the movie ended. <laughs> you should check it out. We should watch it. Very upset. All right, guys. Well, you know, that being said, we're going to get into a, a few spoiler discussions here in terms of the film. So if you have not yet seen the film, this is the time to leave. But don't forget to come back once you have watched the movie. Now, before we get into these spoilers here, Eric, I want to remind everybody that you can find this podcast wherever you're listening to your favorite shows, which, of course, includes Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, Amazon Music, Buzzsprout, and wherever else you're listening to your shows. And while we're slowly changing the format of What Did I Miss going forward, we'll still be updating our Music of the Week playlist on a regular basis, so make sure to check for that over on Spotify as well. You can also find us on social media on Facebook and Instagram at Wait For a Podcast and on Twitter at Wait For It Pod. So, Eric, uh, so just to kind of for reference, I guess, I bore the first Borat is if it's not a 10 out of 10, it's damn near as close as it could possibly be. So, where did you find yourself in terms of the disparity between the first film and the second film that maybe left you wanting a little bit more, it seems? Honestly, the entire time, I, I really I really didn't know what was real and what wasn't real. And I think for the first one, it was so hard to really tell the difference. But, you know, they address it in the movie that people know what Borat looks like. So, you know, I, I think about like the Sasha Baron Cohen clip that came out with him as Country Steve. That was before we knew a second Borat was coming. People just thought it was a publicity stunt. But again, like the disguises kind of threw me off a little bit. And just the mindset of the film again it was such a it's a normal film a little bit more than that like shock factor film that the first one was it wasn't a bad thing but it definitely took away i think some of the moments that the first one gave you the first one was pretty much slapstick comedy the whole way through i don't know looking looking back at my experience re-watching borat the first one i don't know that there was a serious moment in that film where this is the opposite yeah, and those are some of the feel-good moments that I was alluding to. I can't remember the name of the babysitter that Tutan is left with. Do you remember her name? I do not, which is disappointing because I, I really liked her. I know it started with a J. Yeah, apologies for not having that off the top of our heads here, guys, uh, or pulled up. But she was uh, one of the one of the best moments of the film where she has that little heart-to-heart with Tutan. I, I really enjoyed that. Um, I, one of the scenes that I, I alluded to is when they do go to the doctor and they're talking about how she has, you know, quote-unquote, a baby in her. If I recall correctly, Eric, isn't there a scene in the trailer where she gets a ultrasound to show that it's a toy? See, I, I don't remember that from any of the trailers, but that was one of the funnier scenes when they did they, when they did that. I've got to tell you now. It was hilarious. It was so good. I've got to tell you now the funniest scene that honestly I gagged. I absolutely gagged. Is it the Dan? It was when he walked into the synagogue as a Jew. <laughs> <laughs> When I saw him with the yeah. wigs and the nails and the nose, and the nose, I honestly gagged. Oh God, yeah, and and it's it's crazy that again in 2020 that he can pull off this kind of shock factor. But I mean, he's pulled off these characters. Of course, we've talked about 
Bruno, which, you know, we, we're not going to, I don't know why we brought up his name up so much, but, you know, between Borat and Ali G and even The Dictator is a great movie. He has this innate ability to continue to shock people even after all these years. And it's a real talent. And Sasha Baron Cohen does not get enough credit, in my opinion. He has been kind of in terms of our adult life, Eric, he's kind of been like at the, the, the top of the mountain in terms of comedic presence and his comedic ability to pull stuff like this off. I don't know how he keeps doing it, honestly. Yeah, and with everything going on, especially the Rudy Giuliani stuff, um, I'm curious to see what's going to happen um, and you know how that's all going to work out. It, it, it's really crazy, honestly. Just the fact of everything with him, you know, just interrupting Michael Pence <laughs> as Donald Trump. And, and he actually spoke on, I believe it was Good Morning America. He actually spoke about the fact that nobody even identified him. They just escorted him out. Yeah, I think that's the same the same interview that I referenced in my final thoughts. I think you watched the same interview. Yeah, they, he just walked in. It, was, it wasn't even And then they walked him right out. Like, nobody knew it was him. And that I, I think that was crazy. He definitely exposed a lot of things. Uh, again, some of the things that you could kind of tell were, you know, shot and they were staged. But then some of the things that, you know, you really had that blurred sense of reality. Uh, again, that's what a lot of the first film, I think, did a little bit more, given the type of movie it was. And again, this isn't really much of a worse film. I just thought the first film had a lot more shock moments that made you laugh. Again, not a movie for everyone, though. So <laughs> a lot of people that hated the first one, likely going to hate this one. Yeah, it's going to alienate us, you know, a specific side of the political aisle let's be honest here what this film is uh but eric to kind of keep it on the lighter side one of my favorite just subtle things in the film that made me laugh so hard was the back and forth faxes because they didn't show all of them but did you see that list of paper that just got higher and higher how long was he faxing back and forth with that guy and he was just so polite about it the whole time <laughs> it was it was so many faxes and um, just the I got beginning facts just being sub. <laughs> just what's up? Chilling. That was oh, God. so good. So good. Um, but, uh, you know, there were definitely some uncomfortable moments. I think the one that was <laughs> probably the most uncomfortable was the uh, the dance that they did. Yeah. Um, that one, yeah, there's a lot of blood. <laughs> yeah. Like a lot. Um... That one, that one, that one just was like a little too much for me. But again, the first one definitely has. I don't know if you remember from the first one where, um, and I forgot his name. I know it starts with an A. It's like as as something, but um, you know, the guy that goes with him to America in the first one, yeah, and they're like, or whatever. Yeah, and he's like, <laughs> so he's he's masturbating to the picture of Pamela Anderson, yeah. and then they fight, and they end up in the sixty nine position, like. It, it, it there were definitely moments like that uh this was that was definitely a moment like that one for me azamat was his name yeah so you were yeah you were close. yeah it was um it's, i mean tom hanks popping up at the end like that did not see <laughs> that, that revelation uh, do you think they were mad? do you think they were kind of mad that like south park had essentially beat them to the punch as far as one of their characters being the reason coronavirus i, I, I wonder about that but i love the twist i didn't actually see it coming and then I was like, oh, they did inject him. That does make sense. And it was funny. The The Festival of the Jews starts off the first Borat. And I started laughing immediately. It's so terrible. But I started laughing immediately. So when I saw the Festival of the American 
And he's like, look, it's Karen. That was so, yeah. that was so funny. And that's what I meant. Like they just didn't get to take advantage of it as much as I wish they would have had the opportunity to, because I thought that would have given, given the film a little bit more relevancy. Now you don't get a lot of those moments, even the political stuff. I feel like none of that's in the first half of the movie. And I think that's where the movie kind of struggles a little bit because it's like setting everything up slowly. The first film did that, but it had all of those shocking factors to kind of keep you in where the, where this one didn't really have that for me. No, I agree. And again, I think it's just because we've seen so much already that it's just so difficult for him to for anybody really to pull off stuff comedically that we've never seen before. So the fact that he was able to at least implement some of those moments was just fascinating to me. Um, So um, but again, we did both overall enjoy the film and recommend it for those of you who understand the kind of film that it is. And, you know, honestly, in 2020, in in a year that hasn't had a lot of wins for us to say that we got to watch a sequel for Borat, I will take that. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. I think overall, I was happy that I watched it. Um, I, I, I don't know that I was happy that I made myself watch the first one again. So that when so definitely for this one, although I enjoyed it, I don't really see me turning it on again. I might watch clips of it from time to time, but I think this movie serves its purpose as a one-time view. I would definitely agree with that. Uh, again, don't unless I have somebody over that has never seen the film, I would definitely want to just kind of see engage their reactions. I think that would be fun, but I wouldn't just put it on to watch, you know, just casually some one day. But uh, again, guys, uh, th- those are our thoughts. On the film, we are going to get out of here. We thank you guys so much for joining us. Uh, Eric, is there anything else that you wanted to mention about this movie before we wrap it up? No, I think we've left everything on the table for you guys. Again, we're really hoping that you guys are enjoying the content. You can expect a lot more things like this, especially for new releases coming out here in the next few months as we are adjusting those schedules. However, don't forget, we release new episodes every Monday and Wednesday. My name is Mr. Eric Almighty. That is my co-host, Philip Filipino. And all you have to do is wait for it this is the wait for it podcast 